Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is once again Skews Day. It's March 28th, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Ag. Mark, let's uh, guess we should go ahead and talk about it. Uh, well, there's not a lot, you know, more to say, and it happens all the goddamn time, but there's obviously been another tragic school shooting this time in my home state of Tennessee. So, yeah, in Nashville. I'm sure you guys saw the news, but uh, three students and three school employees dead. They head of the school, a, a substitute, substitute teacher, and a beloved janitor who was about to retire. Uh, we're, we're all uh, murdered by uh, a former student at the school who we'll get into. But yeah, that's not. It, it's difficult to talk about this stuff because nothing, it, nothing's new each time except right. for the escalation of the degree to which our leaders have to not give a fuck mm-hmm. because, like. There's, there's a lot of reasons America struggles with the problem where other countries don't like, uh, you know, it's a meme here. That's one thing. It's sort of like a fad for like a better way to put it. We got this national fantasy that we can all be special forces operators. Why we choose to use, use armed targets for that, uh, to practice that. I don't know, but the, the thing that we can control is the guns and everybody knows it. Right. And you can, you can look at data that mass shoot put shootings in public exploded when Bush killed Clinton's, uh, assault weapons ban. Um, we know that cutting back on weapons of war distributed for fun profit would help and no one's going to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I remember when I, uh, this was stupid and naive of me, but I remember when uh, Sandy Hook happened, I actually kind of thought then I was like, I was like, okay, this might actually lead to something like this one. If you know, if there's anything that's going to wake people up, it'll be this one. This will be a bridge too far. The way that you know, like Australia had that just one big mass shooting of the variety that we have all the fucking time. They had one of mm-hmm. them, and their whole country was like, "Oh shit, we can't have that. We should fix that." And so they did. I thought maybe Sandy Hook would be that for us, and then when that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I kind of just lost all hope at that point, <laughs> not to be defeatist, yeah. but like I still, you know, obviously want that to happen, but I just, I mean, you know, what, what's going to change pu- anything. The public is fine with a lot more voters are fine with a lot more gun control. It's not the voters. It's like, right. it, it, it's, it, it's, it's such a crazy situation to be trapped in. But um, before we get the politics of it, let's talk about like, so the shooter, May or may not be trans, which of course has become central to the debate for reasons yeah. that are extremely stupid. And right. I can't even really like they, they reported that the shooter was trans, but also they reported that she was a transgender woman. But then teachers at the school said so they remember her being a little girl there, so that didn't make any sense. I guess she, uh, he or she used he him pronouns on LinkedIn or whatever. But the parent parents said this twenty uh, eight year old kid person was struggling with a lot of mental health stuff going on outside of. You know, totally separate from the, the the trans thing, and they 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 would not have let her have guns. They said, him, him right. or her, "Sorry, I'm not I'm not sure what to what to, yeah. what to call this person." Um, yeah, uh, but didn't you say that it's become like a thing on uh, whatever four chan or the equivalent that like anytime there's a mass shooting, they just start speculating it was a trans person. So right. transphobia rocketed up recently, and it's like now it seems like they're treating it like oh. We've, we finally got one or whatever. And they're like, right. they're, they're acting like, see, it's like, see what, what about, like, get, what about all the rest of them that mm-hmm. trans people had nothing to do with? Like the, also what is the, what's the takeaway supposed to be from this one in the event mm-hmm. that the person was trans who did it? It's like, you know, like, it, like you said, they said they had other mental problems outside. It's like, yeah, of course you, I mean, you'd have to, they all do every time. Like, you, yeah, you don't do something like this if you don't have a mm-hmm. lot of problems. Uh, right. So, it, what, what Trey's referring to then is, is a thing that happens on 4chan every time there's a mass shooting. They speculate and try to get it going viral. They use the same person every time. It, it's a fake trans person they made up. They claim was the shooter, and it appears maybe they hit the lottery and they finally got one this time. So it was viral that the shooter was trans before the police said the shooter before anyone knew it. It's just they just did it because they know they're in an info war. and They're always trying to do this shit and it's fucking gross. Um, anyway, group blame for stuff for people for, for uh, you know, groups that people were born into is fucking wild. Like, do, do my fellow straight white, straight white dudes want to take credit for, like, you know, the Unabomber, Hitler and Harvey Weinstein? Because I don't right. have shit to do with those motherfuckers. 
But anyway, if anybody cares about the actual data about who does these shootings, uh, 97% of all public mass shootings are uh, conducted by men, like, uh, you know, regular old garden variety, straight out of the box men. Uh, and men, but, but this, this fucking floored me. This is from a group called the Violence Project. I didn't know this stat. Men perpetrate over 90% of homicides worldwide, not just mass shootings. Murder equals dude. Uh, late mm-hmm. the game up, I guess, the, 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 what I'm getting out of here. Um, so the actual thing happening here is so utterly normal and banal in America. It's, let's just talk about the context of it. Cause like one of the reporters covering it on live TV while she was on television, found out her kid was on lockdown at their school for a separate suspected mass shooting. It turned out not to be real. Right. Um, and then that there was that light. And I think we're going to show at least some of the clip that woman who went viral. Cause she like, uh, popped into a Fox news setup they were doing. And she said she was, a, had been at a, another mass shooting, right? Highland Park, think, one of them. I feel like she said something like that in there. Yeah. And it's like, that's why, you know, it's like people, yeah. people are now getting involved in multiple mass shootings. And yeah, at this point, because the there's odds another, are becoming as such. I mean, it's fucking insane. There's another reporter before we get to that video who was talking about how she's here covering a mass shooting. And when she was in middle school, she survived a school shooting. Now it's yeah. like, this is like, I, like, I don't want to overstate like, numerically your odds are still very small of being a victim of a public mass shooting in America. But the, what sucks is everyone lives in constant fear of it. And there have been people involved in multiples because it's one of those things where like, if 10 people in a room is a, there's a large chance they share the same birthday, which seems, which a Mm -hmm. mathematician has to explain it to you. But like, it's like, it's just, it's just, uh, anyway, Matt, roll, roll the clip of this lady who interrupted the Fox Fox news live hit. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. Family vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty right. sure this was an unsecured weapon that you this teenager got. So that's back when they still thought that the shooter was a teenager, which was a misreporting uh, mm-hmm. that was off the beginning. She, she just looked young. Um, he, I, I, I don't know. Sorry if I'm using the wrong pronouns. I don't, it, it, they, it, it does. It's, it's far from the most important thing here. I just like, so, um, the context here is after Uvalde, uh, a representative, uh, state rep from Nashville tried to call a special session to address Tennessee's gun laws and everyone just fucking ignored him. A guy by the name of John Ray Clements. Um, he, he pointed out the fact that Tennessee is among the national leader in firearm mortality rates, pointing to the data that, from 2010 to 2019, the rate of gun deaths in the state increased by 28% compared to a national rate of 17%. So, yeah. The um, national rate of 17% is wild in itself. You know what I mean? Let alone being 11 percentage points above that. I mean, a 17% yeah. increase in gun deaths or gun violence or, or whichever it was, that's uh, nationwide over a 10-year period or whatever. I mean, that's already nuts. And in Tennessee's yeah. is 11, 11 more points higher than that. I mean... Without, without knowing, I mean, suicides, of course, have been going up for a while. I'm assuming a lot of those are gun deaths. And, like, you also got, like, there's been a population increase, I'm assuming. And nationwide, I know. I don't know about Tennessee specifically. But, like, those are factors in this, too. Um, uh, so, yeah, man, we talked about it in our crime episode. But it's from all the panic and stuff about crime. You look at all the states with the highest murder rates. And it's the it's our area of the country, man. It's the Bible Belt. It's the South. It's uh, mm-hmm. places where everyone has guns. Has a gun. Um so, uh, an annual report from the Department of Education, can count in February, uh, shows that during the 2019-2020 school year, Tennessee schools documented 66 incidents of students possess- possessing a handgun and 11 incidents of them bringing in a rifle or shotgun. Um, so, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 70-some kids that took, uh, took guns to school in one school year in one state and not a very populous state. Um, the... 
They, but in case you're wondering, uh, the, the shooter had a total of eight guns, I think, uh, that they owned that their parents didn't know about. She was hiding from her parents. Um, and uh, the, the, the three she used in the shooting, two AR-15s and a handgun, were all, they were all, all her guns, uh, all of this person's guns were bought legally. Um, right. So the shootings took place in the district of uh, a recurring dumbass champion, Andy Ogles. Yep. Um, the guy who, who claimed to be part of a law enforcement and international sex trafficking. Like he led the prosecution of international sex trafficking or whatever. He's mm-hmm. like a leading economist and all mm-hmm. this stuff, all of which is just shit he made up. Yeah. Andy Ogles, this was his district. And you're talking earlier about the culture, you know, the Bible belt, everybody's got a gun or whatever. And I know you're about to cue this up, Matt, we put up uh, Andy Ogles, Christmas card, his family Christmas card last year. Well, look at that. I what, like, do they draw the line at six do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe the little kid doesn't have a gun. Like, if, you, if you're only listening, his entire family, his wife and three children, two of his children, they're all holding assault rifles, except his youngest looks to be about six or seven or so, has a nice little Santa Claus book. <laughs> so, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm sure, I guess he gets his gun next year. You got to graduate <laughs> to the AR-15. He's probably just yeah. got a couple knives in his pocket or something at this point. You know, <laughs> don't want to be irresponsible. I mean, I- I mean, I was shooting guns by the time I was like five or six. We're talking like yeah, a four ten, like four ten shotgun. Like, like that's what it's hard to like describe our perspective here. I know we talked about it before with these shootings, but like this is clown shit. Like, I know right. I knew people that were really into guns. This is like not how do this is well, not it's theatrical and it's <laughs> yeah, like performative or whatever. It's all it is. Like, yeah, it's just you know. It's just uh, pandering to the base or whatever. Because, I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, my grandpa taught me how to shoot a twenty-two when I was probably five or six. And it was very mm-hmm. – but it didn't have any of this kind of feel to it. You know what no. I mean? At all. No. Uh, that, but, like, it's just crazy to me that, like, America has serious problems. I mean, every country has serious problems. Like, But, like, that dude's a fucking clown. Like, mm-hmm. you need to bring up the fact that he did – Ran a GoFundMe where he scammed twenty five thousand oh, dollars right. off his family and friends, uh, w- using his uh, you know stillborn baby or whatever. Yeah. Um. And but we we need somebody to to come up with solutions to our problems. We're like and do nothing fucking scam artists. And we're talking about like guns being a meme. That's what I'm talking about. That, that that's jewelry. Like a, a guns. The best Second Amendment defense is like a gun's just a tool. That's not a tool. That's no, a fucking toy. The, the mom's, again, if you're only just listening, and also if you didn't notice, the mom's gun is like trimmed in pink and purple. Very fashionable. Mm-hmm. Very ladylike, yeah. her assault rifle. <laughs> yeah. It's got a nice pink and purple trim on it. So, yeah, it's horseshit. Yeah. And I watched the video, the surveillance video from inside the school, and the shooter was, um, you know, uh, mimicking behavior she's seen in like zero dark 30 of Navy SEALs raiding Osama bin Laden's couch. She's moving like a tra- doing her best, uh, his or her best to move like a tactical operator. And the, it, it's just like, it's such fucking like nonsense. And it's just like such a joke, man. Um, and we already set up top and nothing's ever going to change. Uh, if you wonder who, who would be looking into this mess, um, governor Bill Lee, who we talked about before, um, Nominated someone the secretary, the secretary, uh, state board of education. Sorry, the guy's day job is running an online ammunition ammunition store who sold ammunition used in a school shooting. Yeah, um, and they put him on the state board of education. Like it wasn't even like fucking controversial. It was the the seventeen year old shooter in, who killed ten people in Santa Fe in twenty eighteen. Um, th- this is like. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like all the 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 you know coincidences or whatever from earlier with the people, all the people involved who have been involved in other shootings and and then, and then shit like this. It's like defies uh, you know rationality or whatever. Like it's just it's it's crazy the degree to which uh, gun culture has sort of run wild in this country. Yeah, and by the way, if, if you wonder what's going on in Tennessee about gun laws right now, they're in the process of trying to loosen them, including there's a bill uh, under consideration that would uh, decide whether school employees can carry guns. Um, and this is they've already piloted this program. They, they, they allowed two school districts to try this um, already. Pickett County and Wayne County, which uh, your wife Katie's from Wayne, right? She is, and Pickett County is right beside Clay County, uh, where I'm from. There are uh, rivals in basketball. So, and yeah, Wayne County is where Katie's from. And I can tell you from personal experience, those are two of the most uh, 
red ass or redneck parts of the state for sure. I was as soon as I saw those yeah. two counties, I was like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I totally I, buy that. The, the the bill that let them do this was for distressed counties. I'm assuming the logic was they couldn't afford school resource officers. So that's why they were to let school employees carry guns. But anyway, neither one of them did it because Pickett said, ah, we just don't want to. And Wayne was like, they looked into it and it was going to drive their insurance costs up to the point that it was impractical for them. Like none of these, even discounting the fact that kids would get a hold of the guns, the cops wouldn't know who to shoot when they show up in the middle of a mass shooting because everyone would have guns. Um, that uh, <laughs> that the teachers would miss the shooter and hit students. Like the, beyond that, it's impractical from just financial. Re- it doesn't like you're not paying teachers enough to afford like, decent guns anyway. And like the context for this, where kids, where where teachers are being told they're too irresponsible to choose what books to give to children. Mm-hmm. But like they can fucking carry a gun this class. Yeah, you know, ar- the arm the groomers act is that what this fucking is? Like what right. are we talking about here? Um. Anyway, so reporters caught up with um, uh, Representative Tim Burchett. Burchett, Burchett probably. No one he's from Tennessee. It's probably Burchett. Yeah, I feel like this clip uh, sums up a lot about mm-hmm. their position and their general stance on the whole thing. So, yeah, this is a Republican from Tennessee talking about it. Go ahead, Matt. Three precious little kids lost their lives, and I believe three adults, I believe. It's, and... Um, and the shooter, of course, lost their life, too. So it's, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And we're not going to fix it. Criminals are going to be criminals. And my daddy fought in the Second World War, fought in the Pacific, fought the Japanese. And he told me, he said, buddy, he said, if somebody wants to take you out and doesn't mind losing their life, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. Three. That's just, that says it all right there. He literally, we're not going to fix just immediately, like nonstar. We're mm-hmm. not going to fix nothing you can do. But it's like that. There's a famous onion headline that I might get a little wrong, but it's, it's just like, there's just no way we could have prevented this says only nation where this routinely happens. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's so demonstrably false. Uh, if you just look around, but that's, that's their whole line on. It's like, what are you going to do? It's just a fact of life. It's an un, it's an un, uh, unescapable, fact of being human is that I don't commit mass shootings. It's like, that's not true. <laughs> I don't fundamentally disagree. I think, let, me, let me tell you this. Like they should be doing everything they can because like, again, an AR-15 has no practical use, right? It's not like there's no, there's no other use for the, for, for, for these kinds of guns. And why, why these shooters always use AR-15s? It's just a fucking, it's the army guy gun from the movies and the video games. Do you that's remember it. what that one guy said to Jason Isbell when he said that on Twitter? Uh, that dude 30, in the comment. 30 or 50 feral hogs. Yeah, he yeah. was like, he's like, let's see, you say there's no practical use for it. Next time, 30 or 50 feral hogs uh, get onto your property. But <laughs> like, this is how they think. Yeah, that guy, that poor guy got roasted to death, but like, he yeah. actually, he, he actually was just like, he wasn't even advocating for anything. He was just like, I got a lot of hugs. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that was, that was a fun day on the internet. So, so I'd never heard of Burchett before. Um, and speaking of feral hogs, I wanted to flag this. One of the things he was most known for during his time as a state legislature before he was uh, mayor of uh, uh, Knox, Knox County, I think, um, he, uh, he re- received national media attention for sponsoring a bill to legalize the eating of roadkill. I remember that. Yeah. Now, I wanted Ban- to banner fun. day in Tennessee uh, when when that bill came through. It's like finally, I wasn't to- just been calling my name out there from the side of the road this whole time, but I didn't want to get in trouble with the law. Who was not eating roadkill because of like you know the law? <laughs> you know well, I mean? anybody anybody scrape a possum up and make fucking chili out of it? Don't give a shit about what the law says anyway. But uh, you yeah, know, I remember this happening. You and me both love making fun of hillbilly shit, but also like loving hillbilly shit. So yeah. I really wanted to make fun of him for this, but I actually think he was fucking right. Because the problem, the law was, by the way, I didn't know this, but eating, I, I never thought about it, but in, I did eat roadkill once. I was at a party in high school. Somebody hit a rabbit. My buddy Chuck uh, cleaned it and grilled it. Yeah. It's a good rabbit. We're all oh, pretty yeah. hammered. Uh, so <laughs> it is legal to eat roadkill. In, in most states. I did not know that. The yeah. thing in Tennessee was you had to alert a game warden before you ate it. So what happened was one of his constituents hit a deer with his car and then butchered it and gave the meat to a needy family in his community and then got a ticket for it. So I was like, yeah, that Birch is right on this. The guy should yeah. not have got a ticket for giving away fucking meat to people that are hungry. Dude, I feel like if you accidentally, Katie hit a, Katie hit a deer over the Christmas holiday uh, in her mom's car in Wayne County. And she called me and told me, said, we're okay, but like, we hit a deer. And I was like, well, did what did you just leave it there i was like you're not gonna call anybody to go get like you know you you don't mean to hit and kill a deer but if you do like you know 
a lot of good deer meat just laying there. Yeah. You, you, you're the one who hit it. You know it's fresh. Call your uncle up. Have him come over. You know, make a day of it. Seems wasteful. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. You, if anybody's considering this, you got to know how to clean a deer. We're not advocating you go get food poisoning because you don't do it right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, also, this guy's really into UFOs. Um, Why now? We don't have to conflict those <laughs> two things. All right. That's, uh, what? These are these quotes are from this year. All right, they're having all these hearings about UFOs. Uh, he expresses views about an alleged government cover up of the nature of UFOs, saying we've been covering this up since the '40s, and he doesn't trust the government. There's an arrogance about it. He thinks the American people can handle it. That was in January. Then in March, he expanded on these claims, saying that UFO technology is possibly quote being reverse engineered right now, quote. But we don't we don't understand how it functions. He maintains the U.S. has recovered a craft at some point and possible beings. So he's a full on Area 51 guy. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule it all out, Mark. That's all I'm saying. All right. Maybe anyway, I, on this subject, I'm not going to argue with you about aliens again. I'm just here. To, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, we got too many clowns in government and a serious, serious fucking problems. But in closing, yes. I, I, I knew this quote, but I, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show before. So, uh, Chief former Supreme Justice Supreme Court Justice Warren Burger was on TV, like PBS show in the, in the 80s, and said that the, the, the gun lobby's interpretation of the Second Amendment, quote, has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud. I repeat the word fraud in the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And without getting too in the weeds, he's right. There's not like, the no one ever thought there was a right to private gun ownership until the 1960s. It wasn't like taken seriously by courts until the 80s. Um, and... There was a assault weapons ban passed in the 90s. Do you remember when the 90s we lived under communist dictatorship? Right. You know, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's fine. By the way, Burger was a Republican, if anybody cares. Right, fuck. All right. Yeah. But, all right. So, anyway, yeah, it's horrific. Uh, unfortunately, will assuredly not be the last time as long as uh, things continue to not change, which, if history's an indication, is probably exactly what will happen. But what are you going to do? We hate it. We all hate it. Hearts go out to everybody. And uh, fuck the gun lobby and all the politicians in their pockets. So with that said, we will uh, move on to hopefully some lighter fare, although a little bit later we're all going to be talking about a uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court race that many are calling the most important election you've never heard of. has to do with the future of democracy. So that's not ominous at all. But yeah. I think it's going to be fine. I think yeah. the segment's going to be fun. It's got some fun characters in it, and I think the, I think the good lady's going to win. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, and then <laughs> and we got some uh, we got some some fun Trump stuff too. But first, I'll try to make this quick because uh, usually we're a little further into the show at this point, which is fine, obviously. But I want to remind you very briefly: uh, go to TreyCrowder.com, check out my dates, come and see me. I just had a bunch of awesome shows this weekend thank you virginia maryland and philly those were incredible uh, a lot of fun ones coming up also i've got a special on amazon right now uh, you can also find that at treycrowder.com it's at the top it's called damn boy Corey enduro specials you can get them all wrapped up together in one big well-read package or do it individually either way hope you'll check it out and then lastly if you enjoy this uh, program want to show your support you can do so by Signing up on Patreon, you can go to weeklyskews.com slash more or go on Patreon and look me up either way. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We're going to record another one later this week. We get to uh, things we either don't have time to or things that come up in between the main show or just uh, generally things that we feel or be talked about that maybe we didn't talk about on Skews Day. So we're having fun with it, and you can support the show and get some more Skews in your life. So go to Patreon and check it out. All right, now... With all that said, let's get into it, Matt. The Daily Dumbass. Hit me with the graphic. Today's first DD, Jesus Christ, for not being smart enough to save himself by whipping up a mob. That will make sense in just a second when you hear this truly crazy shit. I said, Dear Mr. Bragg, I hope you had a restful weekend and had some time to be on your knees praying to our God Almighty about your decision regarding our precious, precious President Donald J. Trump. How would you like to be in his shoes? His torture brings to mind what Jesus Christ went through to save us. President Trump is our savior in this country. There's no one else who can make us <laughs> that's just blasphemy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just straight up fucking blasphemy. I don't like. I don't. It doesn't. T- it takes a lot for me to be offended religiously, but like, I'm, I'm, the lady almost gets me there. By the way, the guy sitting in the middle nodded, pretending to nod, like so this. This makes sense to him. Used to be a Fox News straight news reporter. 
Um, Dude, the, the whole the, the way that they like the the way they they being the evangelists or whatever uh, evangelical Christians embraced Trump was like a real sort of a turning point for me because like we all know that like the Christian right became a thing, right wing got associated, became synonymous with Christianity, and all that shit had happened. But up until Trump, they they're the people that they were supporting at least bullshit about being super godly and all that stuff. And that was early on in his campaign. That was one of the few things Trump didn't even bother to bullshit about. He would just sort of laugh mm-hmm. off questions about the Bible and basically admit he didn't know shit about it. Also, he's a you know thrice divorced or philanderer and all that stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when they started calling him literally the second coming of Jesus Christ, you know, that's when I was like, oh, wow, we're, we're really deep in the shit now. This is wild. Yeah, yeah. This is in the lead up to um, Trump's big rally in Waco over the weekend. His first big, he's had several campaign kickoffs. I guess this is the biggest one yet. Um, so <laughs> How many I guess, kickoffs can one campaign have? But uh, yeah, this one yeah. was a this one was a hell of a show. This one in Waco, mm-hmm. including one hell of an opener. This is how it got kicked off. But our honorable mention is uh, Ukraine for not deserving freedom because of how gay they all are. Anyway, that's what Ted Nugent said. <laughs> back i didn't authorize any money to ukraine to some homosexual weight weirdo i want okay. my money back <laughs> so is Zelensky gay Zelensky's gay because he's an actor is that the because he has a wife and stuff i don't know i just not worth fucking figuring it out uh he wears tight t-shirts i guess um yeah so Trump had a big rally in Waco a few weeks before the 30th anniversary. Uh, it, it, it's, it was a 51-day siege that started in February, ended in April. Um, but yeah, they're coming up on the 30th anniversary of the actual raid where a, a lot of fucking people died. Uh, and the time they, they weren't very subtle about this being the reason for the timing. And by the way, Trump isn't the first politician to use a site significant for anti-statism to gesture at overthrowing the government. Uh, Reagan did this in the 80s. In 1980, he spoke at the site of the murder of civil rights workers in Philadelphia, Mississippi, while giving a speech about states' rights. Um, so, it taught, how, so Waco was like the first, but even before OJ, it was like the first 24-7 national media event. Uh, mm-hmm. you were, you're younger than me, Trey. I don't know how much you remember about it. I do. I just but, remember it being a huge thing at the time. I was definitely yeah. kind of too young to understand like what was really going on, but I can remember the news coverage of it, though. So, yeah. So it, it, Waco's part of a story the right tells itself about being persecuted by the federal government and also like in in – at the hands of the New World Order, the ruthless cosmopolitan slash Zionists who rule over all of us. You know, it's like it's it's one of those things. We can't talk about Waco without understanding Ruby Ridge. Um, so Ruby Ridge, 92, I think this uh, Nazi named Randy Weaver um, was uh, entrapped by an ATF undercover into selling him a uh, sawed off shotgun. He caught in, um, uh, you know, illegal weapons charge. Which, you know, y'all not be selling, uh, you know, sawed off shotguns, but it wasn't a shoulder mounted missile or anything. But anyway, he got he got bond and his lawyer maybe gave him wrong information about his court date or whatever. And he missed his court date. So the ATF decided to raid his home. Uh, they shot his dog uh, when his 14 year old son um, was mad about them murdering his dog. Uh, he took a couple of shots at them, then turned to run away and they shot and killed him in the back. Um then there was a standoff during which a sniper uh, killed his Randy Weaver's wife while she was holding their infant baby. Um, they tried to charge Weaver with uh, killing a federal agent. He got off for that and also got a $3.1 million settlement from the federal government because how fucked up the whole thing was. Uh, so anyway, Waco comes soon after. The ATF's embarrassed. They want to win. Uh, they're way too over aggressive here. The, the amount of this raid, the siege, you know, a combination siege, then raid where four federal agents and 70 some civilians died, including 24 kids. Whole thing was awful. It also led to Oklahoma city because Timothy McVeigh was at Waco. He was pissed off about Waco. He was selling bumper stickers in the crowd. there, supporting of the branch Davidians. And then he timed his bombing two years later on the anniversary of the raid at Waco. Now all this is a bunch of fucked up shit and the cops ought not have done a lot of it, but <laughs> It, this is just cops doing cop shit. It's not a conspiracy by the federal government to go after right wingers. And it, it, it right. reached a point of agreement here if they would be fucking sane, but they're not fucking sane. So anyway, Trump's rolling up these rubes while he gave this speech there. Well, it's right, just so to- weird that they're like the party of law and order and back in the blue and all that stuff. But it's so obviously selective because when it comes mm-hmm. to this type of shit, it's like they're agents of left wing tyranny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when I went during the Trump administration, when the FBI started becoming like 
liberal propaganda or whatever. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's not, I mean, I guess they could tell themselves that about us if they want to, but like, no, it's just, it's, it makes no sense, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, back to the rally itself. Uh, it was a fantastic fucking circus. Uh, I wanted to show you this picture to capture the vibe. Uh, so this is a, a stand. Oh, the picture's not that clear. I'll try to read it for you. It says, it's a, it's a stand that's selling Trump t-shirts. It also has a sign that uh, is saying that says, grilled cheese and a bottle of water, $10. Foot massages, $5. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you can't afford not to get a foot massage there. I mean, shit, at a place where sandwiches are going for $10, you can get a whole foot massage for half that? Come on. Uh, There's no place to wash your hands there, Trey. They're doing foot massages. They're making grilled cheese. You're making want, the grilled cheese. Yeah, right. I don't want I don't want foot juice on my grilled cheese. No, I want grilled cheese, grilled cheese juice on my feet. So I'm not yeah, sure exactly. That reminds me, a classic joke. I'll try to make quick. I'm sure you've heard before. Guy goes into a shady, shady dive bar or whatever and asks what the specials are, and the bartender tells him uh, it's, uh, you know, we got cheeseburgers for $3, hand jobs for $5, right? And mm. it's a you know an attractive woman, and so the guy asks her, "Is like, are you the one that gives the hand jobs?" And she goes, "Yes, I am." And he goes, "Then wash your fucking hands and make me a cheeseburger." <laughs> <laughs> but it now we're seeing that play out in real life. I love it. Uh, uh, they held. Uh, they at the end, Trump did his usual thing, and he closed doing his you know uh, death and destruction speech about how America's ending over the QAnon anthem. Uh, they also opened it by holding their hand over the heart, playing that J six choir song that we, they, they play, they acted like the J six choir song was a national anthem, which it sort of is, but it's spliced up with like Trump speeches and a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, Trump went on Hannity yesterday and Hannity asked him about the song, uh, about, about the song. And, uh, Trump said this, which, uh, was fucking funny. Like, are you really beating Taylor Swift, by the way? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, the J6 is beating Taylor Swift. It's mm. Donald Trump and the J6 prisoners. The, the Pledge and of Allegiance. on iTunes and on Amazon wow. and on Billboard, which is the big deal. Number one, Donald Trump. So now I feel like Elvis because now we've... I feel like Elvis. You cut it, Matt. Great uh, we did. I you hope you continue to feel like Elvis and die on a fucking toilet, you piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, that will yeah, so, he starts going into the, the success of The Apprentice and stuff like that. And he's like, I got a number one record, number one on Billboard, Donald Trump. It's like, I don't know. It's just so him. I, I will never be, I'll never get over the fact that that dude with that attitude, like, became the voice of so many redneck men across this country, conservative redneck men. He's got uh, more spins than Drake, Dre. Uh, they, hate, they hate people like that and shit like that. Thanks, thanks to better than everybody yeah. else or whatever. He embodies thinking he's better than everybody else, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I figure I want to read this one last thing and I figure we ought to skip ahead to the, uh, to the I, this segment. I want to, um, yeah, we will skip ahead to the segment after. I'll, I definitely want to do that other Trump video, right? For sure. Okay, sure. Uh, so we'll all, that, all that crazy shit I just told you about that's happening at his rallies that he's telling his followers, he's posting stuff on Truth Social where it's like, it's like mock ups of hit, him hitting the New York DA with a bat. All right. Mm-hmm. And in case you're one of the media is going to fucking replay the 2016 bullshit and whether you're not going to be able to get accurate information on what Trump's up to or what he's thinking or what he's doing from them. Read the, let me read you the lead on this story from about Trump's campaign. Donald J. Trump, the former primetime reality star TV known for his love of big stages and vast crowds, has embraced a more humbling and traditional style on the campaign trail in recent months. <laughs> a more humbling and traditional style. What are they? What is that supposed to mean? Because, like you said, he feels like he's been wilder than ever to me it, lately. It leads like, up. It, he has. There was never a point when he was saying, but this article right. was trying to make the point that, like, because of his legal pressures, he's like he was normal until all these people decided they might prosecute him. But now he's having to go crazy. It's blaming Democrats for Trump being crazy and people still liking him is what it's doing. I fucking hate it. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's uh, play this one. But if you, anyway, Trump is still sticking with his core campaign message of I hate my fucking kids. I love this. <laughs> Anytime he does this, I love it. <laughs> and I made farmers happy and rich again. And they're doing a fantastic job. And you know what? Someday it'll become time for them to leave this beautiful earth. And they'll be able to leave their farm without taxes to their children. I got rid of the death tax on farms so that when you do pass away, 
On the assumption that you love your children, <laughs> you can leave it to them and they won't have to pay tax. But if you don't love your children, <laughs> there are some people that don't. He does this so many times. He fucking hates his kids. You can cut it out. So, by the way, to the extent he did make farms richer, it's because he fucked up trade, the trade embargo with China so much, they had to give yep. farmers a bunch of free cash from the government. So, whatever. Um, anyway, let's talk about Wisconsin Supreme Court race. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I was glad to hear you, uh, you know, tease earlier that you might be somewhat optimistic about this situation. It makes me feel better yeah. already, but explain to people what's going on. There's no the badger country. There's no public polling available. I'm just going by the fundraising numbers and how the candidates are talking about the race. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm talking about, but anyway, to set the uh, stage here. Uh, so a week from today, uh, Badgers of Wisconsin will go to the polls and was a low key but super important race for the future of Wisconsin and good old US of A. Um, the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair, uh, Ben Wickler, called it the most important election nobody's ever heard of. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff going on here. The abortion's kind of in the foreground of the race, um, but it it's obviously super important, but there's also bigger stuff about how we decide stuff like whether abortion gets made illegal and even becomes a court case, which is good back control of the legislature. But let's talk about um, uh, the dynamic here. So, so it, it's sorry. there's one right. Just tell me if this is correct. There, mm-hmm. it's one seat we're talking about in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and it will tilt the court in one direction or the other. Right, right? liberal it's, or conservative, it will decide control, partisan control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which is important because of a lot of shit they're going to be ruling on that has to do with like how elections work and gerrymandering and then also abortion rights and things right. like that. It was it's it's right now it's a seven member court. It's split four three with a conservative majority of a conservative member retired. This is a court that heard a case that could have thrown out Wisconsin's election results in 2020 um, and tried to throw them to Trump uh, that would that was decided four to three. All right. With so, one with one of the, the fourth vote being a conservative that flipped. Right. This is like right. we talked before, like in during all the big lie talks and stuff like there were so many moments like this where like the sanity of one person on the right, like someone who had, you know, the sanity of certain conservatives who were involved in this process. You know, if, if it would have gone the other way, could have had massive ramifications, you know, like that with Wisconsin almost threw out <laughs> Democrat votes or whatever. Which is just uh, illegal or or bait. And because of one conservative who flipped and sided with the liberals, it didn't happen. So it's like, how often, Uh, what, what, at some point, that's going to not happen, right? Yeah. In our future. And then Mm -hmm. where are we? Exactly. Especially after, because like all these people are constantly getting death threats. Like we've talked about county election officials just resigning instead of dealing with it anymore. It's like eventually one of these people is going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want to die over this shit. And just even if they don't believe it's true, if they're not true believers, they'll they'll they'll, they'll flip to like the psycho side. Um, so it's important to have four people who actually believe in good stuff. Uh, so the two candidates running here, um, this is a technically a nonpartisan race. But let's just call them Democrat Janet Protosiewicz, uh, Janet Protosiewicz and Republican Daniel Kelly. And we'll talk about them specifically, uh, get deeper on them in a minute. But so this is like a huge, don't tell me this is a huge race. Uh, interest groups are dumping so much money in this and also like, you know, sites like Act Blue and Ben Wickler's been active on Twitter asking for donations from across the country. But uh, so, so far, $30 million in television advertising spending uh, already flooding the state's airwaves and $37 million total has been spent on this election. This is a state judge election. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy um, money. Uh, so... In case you're wondering, yeah, there was 4-3, the case that uh, didn't throw Wisconsin's election results uh, into the wind. Because uh, it was conservative Brian Hagedorn joined the court's three liberals to reject the, Trump's efforts. Uh, Hagedorn's not the one retiring, so it would be five to two sane people if they were to say what's wins. Um, but the bigger picture here about how we talked about how it's not just about abortion, it's about how laws like once the ban abortion get enacted. Wisconsin's a pretty light blue state in statewide elections. It's deep red because of gerrymandering in the state house. All right. Um, it's, they, they prohibited they also in voting rights stuff. They prohibited ballot about uh, drop boxes and the, the legislature selected maps and cemented Republicans holding the legislature, which is fucking crazy. Like in 2018, um, Democrats won 
by 203,000 votes in the state legislature races, but lost, but lost seats 63 to 26. Yeah, that's so crazy. You can outperform the opposition by 200. And I know it's like, oh, the cities are liberal. Cities have more people in them or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, maybe they should have outsized representation then because that's where all the fucking people are at, number one. But number two, that doesn't explain a two-thirds majority. You know, like they're 200,000 less in just raw votes, but have basically a two-thirds majority in, in the how, or in the state Congress because of the way right. that which are drawn up and gerrymandering and all that. I mean, it's like, I don't understand how, I don't know, gerrymandering should be a bigger deal and also should just be fucking elite. We all know it's a big deal, but like, Mm -hmm. it's a massively big deal. Like they're not, they are the minority. Like they're not Mm -hmm. popular. Their positions aren't popular. Their politicians aren't popular, but they rig the system and stack the deck and then they, stay in control of everything and it's like yeah not secretive about it either everybody knows it mm-hmm. it and, just and, keeps happening <laughs> and, and, and courts are the key to unlocking this stuff like it's like like the courts the beginning of it because you can't it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what biden signs the law from congress if the supreme court's just going to strike it down right and same goes in these individual states um like they did a bunch of fucked up shit like for example when tony evers beat scott walker and I think 2018, the Republican legislature stayed up all night rewriting a bunch of laws to take to remove a bunch of power from the governor. So they just the people elected a new governor and the Republican legislature stripped of power. And these are, again, a Republican legislature elected with a minority of the vote. And like so the dynamics, the gerrymandering is so bad, like Biden won Wisconsin in the same year that Wisconsin sent six out of their eight state reps, uh, uh, congressional reps to Congress or Republicans. Um, so. This is an important election. If you live in Wisconsin or if you feel like moving to Wisconsin to vote, go vote. Um, so, yeah, this shit's fucking crazy and really frustrating. Um, and the only debate that they had between Protosewitz and Kelly uh, that happened that took place last week, uh, Protosewitz directly criticized the maps that were drawn by the state legislature and uh, and approved by the Supreme Court. And she's saying they they were unfair. And what's a judge's job at the base to point out when things are unfair? Is most mm-hmm. basic levels to point out when things are fucking unfair, right? And she said, I don't think these maps are fair to to, to are, are fair. Anybody, uh, nobody thinks they're unfair. The question is, I, I'm able to fairly make a decision in the case. Of course, I would. But Republicans attacked her for saying this patently obvious thing, saying she's projecting how she's ruling in cases by saying that she would be fair. She said, I would vote for the conclusion that's fair. <laughs> And they're like, that's yeah. bias. That's liberal bullshit is what that is. Listen, she's just being openly partisan and liberal up here because she said she would try to be as fair and even-handed as possible. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of sort of just true. Yeah. So they, <laughs> the way drawn, things break down. They've all, they've drawn all these horrifically unfair maps for the state house, the state Senate, and for the U.S. House. And every time somebody files a lawsuit under the Constitution or the state Constitution to try to uh, fight it or object to it, the state Supreme Court just strikes it the fuck down. Um, so, yeah. By the way, I've got this article titled America's Full of Democracy Deserts. Wisconsin rivals Congo on some metrics. Um, I do not mean to impugn the people of Congo. No. Uh, so, the, this this group, the Electoral Integrity Project, is like this, like, think, like, you know, social science project at Harvard, comes up with these metrics to rate elections and how fair they are. Right. Whether it's like rigging or gerrymandering or like however else you do it, arresting dissidents or whatever. Uh, I don't know what the total uh, number was, but Wisconsin got a score of 23, which put it on par with Jordan Bahrain and the aforementioned Congo. And by the way, Wisconsin is the only democracy desert. Alabama had a score of 31 and North, North Carolina, Michigan, Ohio, Texas, Florida and Georgia are all also in the 30s. That puts them in the league with Hungary, Turkey and Syria. All right. So. Let's talk about Proto Sawitz first because I don't have a lot to say. There's, there's not a lot to say about her. She's a you know Milwaukee County judge. She's never faced a statewide election. She's a former prosecutor, which doesn't usually hit for me. Uh, but she's came from a working class family, waited tables to get through college and law school, works as a nonprofit administrator. Seems like a nice enough lady. And uh, if you want to if you want to know how I knew to say her name, that's been the focus of a lot of her campaign ads. If you have this video, man. I'm going for Judge Janet Protos. Janet Protosawitz. Janet Protosawitz. Janet Protosawitz for Supreme Court. 
Protosawitz. 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 I'm Judge Janet Protosawitz. Protosawitz. Eh, seems fun. <laughs> she's uh, yeah, I mean, she's, it's a good call. Uh, like, uh, yeah. I, 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 that's totally what you should lead with because I would have butchered the absolute shit out of that name uh, mm-hmm. if I wasn't, you know, educated by that video. So thank you, Janet Protosawitz. Yeah. She does have a, a pretty big fundraising advantage. Um, that's partly due because the, the, the race's abo- uh, focal point has been abortion. Uh, that's because there's this law in Wisconsin dating back to 1849 that bans abortion in nearly all cases. And it just sort of immediately popped back into effect. Everyone thinks maybe when uh, Supreme Court overturned Roe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lawsuit challenging him being like, hey, that was 1849. What, what the fuck? And that could reach the state Supreme Court. Uh, as soon as this fall, when one of these people will be on the court. So it would be either be her or this fucking absolute asshole monster named Daniel Kelly. Um, so one of the reasons I think Persewitz is winning is that Persewitz is saying the stakes are super high. She's trying to turn out voters, right? She's saying this guy will fucking, uh, uh, you know, take us back to the dark age with abortion and, t- and uh, dilute your right to vote, if not take it away at all altogether. And he's, he's, he's just saying, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal in an election, right? Which is how you know somebody's losing because he's trying to diminish turnout. Um, so he, he said that, uh, but she, like, so she's talking about the 49 thing. Sorry, I'm trying to find where I'm at in the, line, in the rundown. Um, and he's saying that, she's saying he's going to, like, let the 1849 law stand. He's like, you don't know that. He's not saying no. He says, you don't right. know that. Yeah. You can't read my weird. mind. Shut up. <laughs> He just says, you don't know what I'm thinking Nice about rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but the thing is, if he's not going to do it, pretty much his whole base is like abortion, pro, uh, uh, anti-abortion forces have poured a bunch of money into this, into this, and a bunch of volunteer hours with this race. They're telling their organizers that they need to fight for, for Daniel Kelly because he will make abortion illegal. Of so course. They, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, Amy Coney Barrett said the same shit, didn't she? Pretty much like during her confirmation, yeah. but you know, basically just denied, which is always like weird that they, <sighs> I don't understand why they don't just outright say they're going to do it, you know, knowing that you're going to do it. And also if that's supposed to be one of their, like, you know, one of the uh, core tent poles of their whatever platform and philosophy and shit, but yet uh-huh. they, you know, they waffle about it and then just go out and do it anyway. It's like, just yeah. say it, just admit it. But they, they wouldn't get elected. Right. Well, uh, so, <laughs> I guess These two are that. running to replace. Uh, I'm told they're running to place a conservative. The judges are uh, uh, trying to replace. Going to replace is uh, named Pat Rogensack, who is retiring. Uh, important to know that Rogensack has not endorsed Dan Kelly, and Trump has endorsed Kelly for other stuff before, but is staying out of this probably because Kelly asked him to. Um, but Rogensack, this this was interesting to me. R- Rogensack's daughter, who's also a, also a judge named Ellen Brostrom, endorsed Protosawitz. And she did so with language that I found pretty stark because it sounds like the way we talk on this show, except with uh, fancier words. Um, Our nation's history is the story of the franchise being extended from white male landowners to all white men, to black men, to women, and so on. People have died in the struggle to secure this right to vote. At every stage, there's been violent resistance to extending our democracy to all. People have been willing to murder and terrorize others to suppress their right to vote. I believe we have a patriotic and moral obligation to vote against candidates who have helped this conspiracy along, even if we're not fully comfortable with their opponent, would not vote for them otherwise. So using the word conspiracy, um, I thought was interesting here because there is a conspiracy for the right to take over the American judiciary. We talked about it before. Leonard Leo, the Federalist Society. There's a bunch of dark money. There's a story today about how a group that was trying to stack the federal courts with judges somehow gave $600,000 to to, uh, Clarence Thomas's wife. Anyway, so... Here you have uh, a centrist judge, who I think is what the daughter's politics are. Um, yeah. So anyway, th- anyway, nobody likes Daniel Kelly. Right. This is the yeah centrist at best daughter of the conservative judge whose place he is taking, and yeah. they are like actively against him, basically because she says, you know. He's a lunatic. I mean, she said how important democracy is and the right to vote and all this. And he has actively uh, worked against it in the past Mm -hmm. by supporting the big lie and all that shit. So, right. Right. Not just not just in the abstract, but by writing stuff about like, you know, about ballot drop boxes aren't good or whatever. But he was literally paid one hundred twenty five one hundred twenty thousand dollars by the state Republican Party and the RNC to work on election issues in 2020 after 
the election. He was part of a fake elector scheme to overturn the 2020 election, the one that Ron Johnson denies being a part of. Um, uh, the former party chair named Andrew Hitt said in deposition that he and Kelly had, quote, pretty extensive conversations, end quote, about the illegal fake elector scheme. This guy should be in fucking prison, not running for Supreme Court. So, by the way, he's already served a term on Supreme Court of Wisconsin. Um, he was appointed by Scott Walker, and then when he ran for another term, he got fucking dog walked because he sucks. Um, at the time, Scott Walker got criticized for a seat of selecting justice uh, with no prior judicial experience, uh, who held the fringe view that affirmative action was comparable to slavery. Um, let me quote from him here. Affirmative action and slavery differ, obviously, in different in, in significant ways. Hmm, you might say. But it's <laughs> more of a question of degree than principle, for they both spring from the same taproot. Neither can exist without the foundational principle that it is acceptable to force someone into an unwanted economic relationship. Morally, and as a matter of law, they are the same. Now, in case you're wondering, there's some, some obscure paper he wrote under a pseudonym on a blog or something and somebody had to dug up. He submitted this chapter of his book with his application for the Supreme Court appointment. He was proud of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, why wouldn't he be? You know, that's what the... Sounds like he's just, uh, you know, checking a lot of the boxes for me. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't – yeah. well, I'm not going to do it. I, well, I, you know, I do that thing where, like, I try to make sense of some of it. their shit, and it's like a waste of time. I was about to do that again, but instead I'm just going to not do that. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> okay. In case you're wondering what he did when he was on the court, he, didn't, he wasn't there for a long time, so he didn't do a lot. But in 2017, he wrote a majority opinion holding that the city of Madison is forbidden under state statute from banning passengers from carrying firearms on city buses. Back to that. Do you, did you ride the bus a lot, Trey? I don't want anybody out there. The other day... <laughs> I take the bus to gyms. It's like one stop. My wife and I share a car. And the uh, there was a kid on there, eight year old kid, screaming at his parents, "Y'all are some fucking haters." Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's probably right. You know, yeah. parents parents traditionally can be haters. That's for sure. Yeah, every kid like, feels like they're getting hated on by their parents at certain at uh, certain points. So it's a parent's job to be a hater. By the way, yeah, it, was, it was a white right. kid with a southern accent, so it really hit for me for a lot yeah. of reasons. <laughs> And also, just last week, Dan Kelly appeared at an event alongside a pastor named Matthew Trujala, who the FBI in 1994 investigated for possible ties to the murder of at least one Florida abortion provider. Um, so he's had all the murders, and I want, I want to watch this ad, Matt, and I want, and then I'll tell you. Remember, he's hanging out, hanging out with an accused murderer, and watch this ad, and I'll tell you why it's even more funny. Sheriffs like us from around the state are supporting Daniel Kelly for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Justice Kelly's opponent, Janet Protosewitz, is a Milwaukee County judge with a long history of letting dangerous criminals back into our streets. Directly undermining the work of our officers and putting your family at risk. We can't afford to have judges who put their own agendas above the law. It's time we start prioritizing justice again, not politics. All right. Daniel Kelly. You can cut it, Matt. So... Daniel Kelly used to be a fucking defense lawyer. <laughs> I, was so, he a tough on crime defense attorney, though, Mark? That's I think that's what's important here. I, I'm know. not saying that people are entitled to a defense. I think we're on the record here that people get too many people got locked up for too long. All right, but yeah, you can't go and say this judge gave people sentences that were too lenient when I was fighting to get them off scot free. Entirely, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. In case you're wondering who he represented, uh, he defended a couple ministers who were accused child molesters. So, yeah, he's really got a brand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do the right thing, Wisconsin. Yes, we'll see what happens. Um, I hope it's not a harbinger of things to come, or that it is, depending on which way it turns out. Anyway, Matt, if you want to find some uh, comments, questions, things of that nature, put them up there for us in these uh, final five or so minutes we got here. Um Mark, who you gonna a, who's going to win the who's going to win the national championship? UConn. It's going to be UConn, I think. San Diego State, baby, all the way. There you uh, go. All I, right. I don't have a dog in the hunt. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I just think that like UConn's the only one left that has won a championship before, I believe, and and they've been kicking everybody's ass. And I just I feel yeah. like most people would prefer to see somebody new win it, and that's why I think UConn is going to because yeah. that's what usually also, happens. Is like a blue also the bug. best team left by a mile, right? 
Yeah, yeah, they've been destroying everybody. Debbie Lynn Robinson, as she often does, reminds people to hit that like button. Thank you, Debbie Lynn. Appreciate you. Yeah, like, subscribe, all that internet stuff. Tell people I appreciate you. Um, but so yeah. one thing I forgot about. Sorry, you can use your comment. Yeah, Emma Emma Claire Sosnick says uh, I'm from what Racine, Wisconsin. I've been inundated with ads from all sides. We deserve fair maps. Go Janet. It's just every time that it comes up, independent redistricting comes up for a vote. Voters overwhelmingly approve it. Voters mm-hmm. think, yeah, it's like fucking fair. Make it fair. Just like we got a million people in this state or whatever. We get 10 representatives, do 10 districts with 100,000, make them squares, 10 districts with 100,000 people in them, we'll vote. <laughs> right, dude. And some it, of the maps, the way they're drawn, it's like so, it's just so comically like corrupt. Uh, but it's just all, you know, above board, apparently. Vanessa Michael says, Hey, Trey, thanks for an awesome show in Philly <laughs> and addressing our water problem. Uh, yeah, when I, you probably saw Philly, they had a big latex spill in a, in a Delaware River or something. So, while I was on stage in Philadelphia, everybody's phone went off. They got like an emergency alert from the government telling them not to drink the tap water because it had been poisoned or whatever. And that yeah. happened while I was on stage. And I made fun of them for how they pronounce water, which is I saw anyway. I, I saw somebody saying that they had gotten bought like a gallons of of uh, water from the store because of the spill, they were told to use bottled water, and then the bottled water they bought got recalled because it's from wait for it, East Palestine, Ohio. So, <laughs> ain't that America? Uh, <laughs> Andrew Allison says you crushed it on Sunday, Trey, in Philly. Thank you. That was a those were great shows. I had a great time in Philly. Oh, I did see this, Kim. I'm glad you brought this up, kind of. Because, uh, yeah, so Kim Cusado, frequent uh, skewer, says, did y'all hear about the Mississippi news anchor who was fired for saying, for saying, faux shizzle my nizzle? Did you see that, Mark? I did not see that, but are you going to get fired for saying it now? Was the guy? Was the guy I had to, I'm not going to fire myself. It was an old mammal, white, a white mammal, yes. But, like, uh, I don't know. It's not the, I don't. I don't really know how that's different than just say, than like just saying the n word in reference to it or something because it's not the same word. Oh, it's just you're not saying, not saying the n word, but saying the n word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. I really should clarify that. I don't mean you should yeah. be allowed to just spout the n word on. T- I mean literally <laughs> saying the words the n word. Yeah, I don't really get how that's different because nizzle is not the word. And and uh, it is just like I'm. I don't know. I don't know Snoop Dogg. I feel like he probably would not give much of a fuck <laughs> if, uh, you know, if he saw someone. He probably just dapper up and be like, "Yeah, you know." He's like best friends with Martha Stewart. I bet she says it. I bet she says uh, it too. Yeah, I thought it was a little ridiculous. A lot of people on the internet were saying they bet they were trying to get away to push her out anyway or something. You know what I mean? Like she getting up in years and want to replace her, get somebody cheaper or whatever. There's probably some other reason. I, um, I hate it when they do like the top of the morning to you stuff on say Patty's day and dress up for like, I, I would fire them for every time. They're not just saying the fucking news. I hate all the corny. <laughs> well, it's one of those. Yeah. It's one of those, Shit. like, you know, yeah. The, like the local, the regional today show type things where it's all just a bunch of fluff pieces and stuff like that. They were, I don't know. Snoop Dogg's got a new wine coming out or something. And they were talking about that. And she uh, said, the shizzle my nizzle and got uh-huh. fired. Deborah Sweetcorn says, I believe the elder woman was unaware of its meaning. Uh, maybe she thought it was something he said. Yeah, Patricia Pairing says I'm an old fart and I had no idea what that meant. Okay, well, all right, there you go. I mean, the, the '90s were 30 years ago, so she's in her 60s. She was like early 30s during her heyday, during the heyday of that expression. Yeah, but probably not. Probably not cued into you know. Right. The I don't think she hip hop vernacular. I don't. I don't think she was doing it. I mean, I haven't seen the video. I, I'd, I'd be like, she, I can't. I can't, like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine complaining. She said it was a big smile on her face. Like she definitely wasn't. There wasn't any kind of wink or anything where she's like, "Oh, I'm getting away with it." She was just. She's like, "Yeah, I know that's a thing Snoop Dogg says," and then she said it too, and nothing happened. Uh, but then later she got fired for it. Uh, okay, all right. Sherry Ann says, "Mark, you tell me what you think about this, and we'll get out of here." She says, LOL, I saw it. I was going to give her the benefit of the doubt till I learned this was the second time she made inappropriate comments. The first time was she referred to uh, a black person's uh, grandmammy, she said. So 
we work in the show business where a lot of times people's firings are very public and people take hardcore stances on it. But if you know people that work on the shows or whatever, and you hear the actual details of what happened, it's like, oh, I get it. It's like, it's not about, it's not always about what the public story is. is what I'm saying maybe nobody liked this lady. Maybe they wanted to fire. Well, that's her what, that's what a lot of people yeah. were speculating was, was probably yeah. something else. But anyway, but like grand mammy, is that, is that by if you say like grand mammy and grand pappy or whatever, I guess it just depends on the context, right? You wouldn't automatically hear somebody say, oh, what's your grandmammy think? And be like, hey, that's fucked up. Or would you? <laughs> I don't. Why, why would that be bad? I'm missing the context here. Because of, maybe you know, you, mammies. Remember mammies? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I wouldn't think that. But I would not. not I wouldn't. Well, that was the other thing she got in trouble for before was that thing. And I feel like that's a little at least nebulous, uh, too. Uh, yeah. but anyway, all right. Thank you, Matt, for putting that up there. Go to TreyCrowder.com. Everybody check out my special on Amazon, get some tickets, come save me. We're having a great time on the road. I assure you. Also, if you want some more skews in your life and to support this humble program, go to weekly slash more or go on Patreon and look me up. Either way, you keep coming back every skews day and we will too. We'll see y'all next time. See you. Love you. Bye. Phew.